Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the TGIF edition of Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Friday night, a great time to enjoy some delicious Dickie's Barbecue. They're serving it up right now through their drive-thru at home delivery. You can go to Dickie's.com, and uh, Justin Harris and his crew will hook you up, deliver it right to your front door, or again, you can go through the drive-thru and enjoy good Dickie's Barbecue. Thank goodness it's Friday, Luke Johnson. Uh, It's been another long week, uh, but another one that's about to come to an end, and we do have a, a sporting event this weekend, NASCAR Racing over the weekend live and on television. It is. Looking forward to that. Like, I'm actually going to probably watch some NASCAR. But you, you talk about how you know, it's been a long week. It's been a long spring. I uh, came literally flying in on two wheels for the show today, Bob. You know, high school graduation today, we had uh, eight different seniors from our, uh, from our church that graduated from South Jones. So, uh, you know, you can watch it on YouTube. And, of course, we had gifts for them uh, after. So, uh you know, it's just weird. You're watching, you know, two family members with each senior, uh, coming through and it just kind of today was just kind of a big exclamation point on the times that we, <laughs> that we've been yeah. living in. Um, and you, you know, you try to give honor those kids and, and, but it, it just to sum up what you just said exactly is what everybody's been dealing with. And I think a, props to a lot of the community and a lot of the parents and a lot of the administrators people have been creative trying to honor seniors because this would be a day where I would be going to four or five you know graduations in person um, so yes to answer your question NASCAR will be a nice reprieve this weekend to bring us back into normal life so there is no high school graduation taking place here in South Mississippi correct not public so what right. they did today, um, Jones County, Northeast Jones was yesterday, South Jones today, West Jones is tomorrow. Basically, they, uh, they had it at each one of their, on, on their campus and each, uh, at least at South Jones, each graduating senior got two family members to be with them. So, um, you know, they gave a welcome and then the historian, the salutatorian, the valedictorian all gave their addresses into basically an empty room, but they got to address that, and then they call them up one by one, and they come through, and they you know give them their diploma and and recognize mm-hmm. their awards, and uh, but it was streamed on Facebook and it was streamed on YouTube, so obviously family members that couldn't be there, but yeah, just really really strange, and it kind of just summarizes uh, what kind of spring we've had. Yeah, and it extends to every avenue. I, I know a kid from uh, the Delta that uh, is now a student here at Southern Miss and uh, was getting married this month and, uh, of course, had to had to call that off. Uh, and then I saw uh, last night on Facebook where she announced they were going to get married next month in their backyard and they were going to stream the, li- the wedding live on Facebook. 
it made me realize two things. It made me realize, A, how old I am, how out of touch I am with some of the technology and some of the thinking now that we're going to stream our wedding live on Facebook. Two, it just it kind of reinforced just what weird times we're living in and uh, and how these kids would have normally been married in a church, but now they're going to do it in the backyard, scream it on Facebook. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a strange time, my friend. There's no question about that. Now, speaking of Facebook, Northeast like, Jones, go ahead. Facebook's the way, the way the way to go. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. free. Uh, I've been amazed by how many you know views that people get. I mean, even off YouTube, you can link something uh, off of uh, you know to a website or uh, post the URL for something else. But you know, if people just have the opportunity on Facebook just to hit play, it is it is ama- like I'll give you an example. So we had, and, and you know about this uh, because of how Southern Miss rallied to this family, but uh, we had a tragic loss about a month ago. Justin Davis, a 20-year-old, uh, passed away from cancer. That was the kid that uh, Bobby Dickerson and Trey Sutton and Scott Barry all uh, you know, worked to get Major League All-Stars to, to call Justin on FaceTime. It's tremendous. But you know, because of the COVID, we were right in the middle of the shelter-in-place. We couldn't... Uh, couldn't you know have a, a a funeral like we normally would? Man, we put that th- we we broadcast his funeral on Facebook Live. When I concluded the service, Bob, there were over eight hundred people watching it live, and in the course of two days, four thousand people had viewed that. And so, yeah, people are, and especially right now, you know, you we should avail ourselves to that type of technology because whether you you give Facebook and and others, uh, uh, you know, you can run them down and, and talk about all that. But it is right now the quickest way to we- to reach masses of people. It's pretty staggering. Now, you mentioned Northeast Jones were scheduled to talk to Patrick Little, uh, I think a Northeast Jones graduate uh, baseball player, uh, in the second hour. And uh, did, I, did I read correctly that uh, our guest Patrick Little was born in Moscow, Russia, Luke? Are you familiar with that? Yes, he, he was. And he's about – Six foot ten too. So when he comes in the studio, you don't have to hit his head. But uh, yeah, uh, Patrick was, and uh, we we can ask him about that a little later on. But yeah, um, also dear to my heart, he was a punter for the Northeast Jones Tigers. Also, uh, that's always nice when you're able to talk to uh, yeah the Southern Miss baseball player. Am I correct too. about that? Southern Miss baseball player, West Jones and Northeast Jones. Yes. Okay, but he played baseball yeah. at Southern Miss. Am I right? No, no, no. No, no. Okay. Uh, Hines Junior College, perhaps? Am I right about yes. that? Okay. Yes. Okay. I got you. Exactly. I got you. Also, we'll try to catch up with Kelly Sander a little later. Kelly keeps us up to date with, with all developments uh, with college sports. Now, Luke, you're not going to like this, but I, I was talking to uh, someone this morning uh, that works with us that uh, very closely tied to high school athletics and uh, as, as well as William Carey University. He gave me his best scenario, 50-50 chance there will be any high school football this fall in Mississippi. Your thoughts about that? I think it's a little higher, and it's because of what we, we saw with MHSAA. Kelly reported that uh, you know starting June the 1st, you're going to be able to have some interaction. Uh, of course, when we talked to Mickey D'Angelo, what he was hearing felt like you would be able to get bigger groups of people in July. Uh, I, I think it's I think the the fifty fifty should come in that we start normally on time. Best, I think the scenario is going to be where a lot of these teams will play non region games the first 
two or three weeks of the season. You don't really get some big region games in the first couple weeks of the season. So they may push it first or second week of September, one region game, and then you play your region schedule. Like, here's the thing. The jug game is going to be played. The Little Brown jug game, and if and our listeners outside Hattiesburg and Laurel, that is the state's longest-running rivalry between Laurel and Hattiesburg. It's been played every year for over 100 years. That game's going to get played, Bob, but it probably won't get played the second uh, week, which would still be August. That's probably not going to happen. So I can see where schools would look at the non-region games that they have and basically say, okay, let's start region play second Friday, third Friday, or second Friday in uh, in in September. Let's find on our in our non-region schedule what is the the biggest gate that we could possibly get, and everybody work together on that. And uh, and you know go from there. May not happen that way, but I can see where in a eleven game schedule, clipping out four of those games and then playing region. So starting later than what we might normally expect. Yeah, because even some of the you know the, the way it's gone the last couple of years, if you look at the the calendar this year, uh, some teams were having uh, you know a jamboree even like the first or second week of of August, and actually some of the private schools played like the second Friday in August. So you're looking at football would normally start either August 14th or 21st. You're looking at I would think possibly. Uh, the 4th, which would be Labor Day weekend, or even the 11th when you might start it. But again, it, in a much stricter way, remember we've been hearing from these schools, there will, the college, on the college level, there will be no sports unless the campus is open. Like that, that is a hundred percent across the board in high school. So what we've seen, what have we seen the MHSAA do? We've seen them, seen them be very tentative and kind of defer to other organizations, and they were kind of the last person uh, to cancel the the spring, I feel like they'll be the first, or they'll be the last people to announce the fall. So everything's got to come into place, um, and there has to be school and a plan in place, or we won't have football. So I feel a lot more optimistic right now than what I did probably two weeks ago. Football with people in the stands, Luke, or football with nobody in the stands. I would say probably at the at the earliest none. I could see maybe in October, uh, possibly, and you know when playoff time runs around, pretty good chance of it. But you got to ask: Are they willing to evolve? Or are they just willing to set a policy? You know, for the rest of the year, which is the easiest decision to make. It may not be the the, the best decision, but I mean, just across the board, the fairest, easiest decision might say that. I hope it doesn't come to that, but that's probably what we will see. Can I tell you what one other challenging thing is, and that is to do a daily sports talk show <laughs> when there are no sports, Luke. When there are no sports, <laughs> sounds like you're experienced at it, Bob. I'm I'm beginning to learn uh, how you cope through it, yeah. All right, we're scheduled to talk to Patrick Little, uh, former Northeast Jones baseball player here shortly. Kelly Santer as well. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour is underway. That means it's the end of the week, so stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back. Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke, First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Yes, First Bank is open. The lobby's not open, but uh, you can do the drive-thrus, and uh, they're taking uh, appointments uh, to go inside the bank. And, uh, of course, we want to thank First Bank for all they do for this program. Uh, we probably wouldn't have the Eagle Hour if it weren't for First Bank. Uh, First First business to sign up with us as a sponsor, and we appreciate that. Also, want to welcome South Central Regional Medical Center, who I learned last night is a new sponsor of the Eagle Hour on our Laurel affiliate. So we certainly are grateful for them and certainly are grateful for all their doctors that have been coming on the show and uh, giving us great, great advice about uh, COVID-19. So our, our thanks and our welcome to South Central Regional Medical Center in Laurel. Really happy to have them uh, part now of the Eagle Hour family. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart, another longtime sponsor of the show, and CampusBookmart.net, selling that Southern Miss swag. And the biggest selection of it you'll find anywhere, uh, you'll find at, at uh, Campus Bookmart. If you're not in the area or you maybe you just don't want to get out and shop, we understand both things. You can go to CampusBookmart.net, and uh, they will fill your order and deliver it right to your front door I've never been I've never been closer to uh, my friends at Amazon uh, Prime as I am these days, Luke. It seems like now that my wife is retired and sequestered at the house because of COVID nineteen, uh, it's almost like a daily shipment. It's just an amazing thing. All the things I've learned <laughs> that you can you can buy and have uh, shipped to your house. So uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for me. But uh, that's what's happening. All right, our is next birthday present for me shipped yet at all? Has it? It's on the it way, man. It's two, two day delivery, okay. brother. When is your birthday, Luke? Well, it, it was what about seventy days ago? Oh, yeah, okay, you, you know okay. Well, well, but I, I'll look. I'll chalk it up to Amazon because right now, two day delivery Prime is running about ten days. So I'll yeah, just that's chalk good. It up well, there's some Redskin swag on the way for you, and I know that's going to be a very special gift for you, Luke. So uh, just it be pa- be Such patient. Such an iconic franchise. It'll be worth it uh, when it gets there. All right, introduce our guest from Moscow, Russia, of all places. Patrick Little, uh, hailing from uh, Northeast Jones High School by way of Moscow, Russia. Uh, graduated from uh, Northeast Jones, where he played for uh, Coach Jeremy Parker out there. He's a preseason All-America uh, for Under Armour and just finishing up his first year at Heinz Community College. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Happy to, to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming in, man. So this is just uh, – it's so important while for us to get, uh, you know, what's going through your mind and – Student athletes like you, you you play junior college baseball. You're up at Heinz, and you know then then March hits, and it's just been wild. And uh, you know, I, mean, I can't speak for every college athlete out there, uh, but you know, for me and my guys at Heinz, uh, I can definitely say that it was a huge bummer. Um, we had a phenomenal start of the season. Uh, we were second in the nation. Uh, Pearl River was ranked third behind us, and you know. Uh, I've, I've always said it, and I'll continue to say that I think Mississippi has the best JUCO programs in the nation, um, and it's just a real blow to the, you know the stomach to be able to have a good run like that, and then just have it all dissipate. We saw that in, in basketball. Pearl River uh, was the number one team in the nation, and Southern Miss just signed their point guard Tay Hardy. And yeah, well, so what what's it like to literally one day be second in the nation, and then your coach comes in and. And it was in waves. It was yeah. like, we're second in the nation, and okay, guys, we're not going to play for a week, or we're not playing today, we're not going to play for yeah. a week. And then, you know, it was probably about two or three weeks later when you're not playing the rest of the year. Yeah, and so we went on spring break, um, and it was kind of iffy. 
uh, and then we get the we get the notifications about midway through spring break through the week that uh, we wouldn't be coming back and uh, you know we wouldn't be playing um, and it just I don't know I mean I, I don't want to say that the hard work wasn't for nothing obviously um, I mean because you put in so many hours a day and at practice and in the classroom and in the weight room um, and then to have it all just go away. Uh, I don't really know if you yeah. can you can put that into words, you know, because I mean this this hasn't happened before, as far as I've been aware, you know, no. with, with college baseball. And uh, I mean, you know, you were a college athlete, you know, as well as I do. The amount of hard work that you put in, and and uh, and to have that all, I guess, kind of stripped away from you is uh, it's just it's pretty tragic. Yeah, it, it's tough, Bob. You know, we talked specifically about how difficult it is for junior college athletes. You know, so, some of the Southern Miss guys, they've completed a degree. Or uh, they're working on the last part of a grade. But, Bob, you know, we talked about these junior college athletes. A lot of them have done their classwork, and they're prepared to move on, and then, you know, they, right. they literally get robbed of, of a year in that way. So, Patrick, will junior college athletes all be given an, a, a, an extra year of eligibility? Yes, sir. So the way I understand it that uh, Coach Sam Temple, our head coach at Hines, explained to me was that we will be getting another year of eligibility um, to be able to play now. Whether or not this is going to throw the JUCO system into a into a major loop because of incoming freshmen, you know, and and some returning sophomores that didn't sign to go to the next level, and now they get an extra year of eligibility if they want to come back and play. We've got a few guys doing that, um, you know. That kind of shakes names up for it. I mean, we've got guys like Preston Johnson and uh, Garrett Ramsey that are both going to uh, to good schools in Mississippi, being Mississippi State and Southern Miss. You know, those those are the type of guys that are going to be going on to the next level. But for the ones that are returning. And the incoming guys, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to shake things up. Right. I ought to make it clear, uh, Luke, with this guy's voice and as smooth as he is, I don't want him back on the show. I don't want there to be any potential replacements. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, he's going to replace me. He's going to replace me. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> Too much of a radio voice. I'm, it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, Patrick, I, I just want to know, how in the world were you born in Moscow, Russia? So I was born um, in in Moscow, um, and my parents uh, were having fertility problems, and they tried everything, and so they decided to go the adoption route. And uh, they got in contact with an agency, and they linked them to the orphanage that I was at, and they made several plane trips and visits and spent a ton of money that they still claim they they keep the receipt in case they want to replace me, (laughs) jokingly. Um, No, but... uh, and so that's, they uh, they went overseas to uh, to Russia and adopt me. And wow, uh, when I got home, uh, the next set, yes, sir, the next the next Saturday, I turned one year old. So I was I was a little bitty thing whenever they got me. Well, that's a uh, remarkable story. That, and, yeah, yes, greatest so day I, of I was, your life, right? Got to be the greatest day of your Abs- life. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I love my parents, and uh, I just want to thank God, you know, for the opportunity to be in the best country on earth and you know i wouldn't be doing things like this if it wasn't for him and my parents look let me tell you i can relate to that uh receipt thing uh years ago when my daughter was born (laughs) my i was in i was changing jobs and so we had no medical coverage and so back in those days you actually if you didn't have medical coverage you paid for it you know you paid the bill my daughter actually born at south central regional medical center my dad co-signed for a three-year loan for us and uh, we paid my daughter off. So when we had her third birthday, we not only celebrated her birthday, we celebrated that she officially belonged to us, and no longer did she belong to Planners <laughs> Bank. They had no lien on her any longer. So I can understand. I can understand uh, how your parents uh, kept up with that. But God, what a remarkable story that you you come from Moscow, you end up in Laurel, and you you play baseball. You're now a 
a junior college athlete. Uh, you got to be the only guy on the Heinz roster from Moscow. Am I correct? Yes, sir. We uh, I'm the I'm the only foreigner from from Europe. If that's the case, I mean, I, like I like I said, I was raised here, so I don't know how much of a foreigner by birth. No, I would you're be not. You're not a foreigner. But, you're uh, not a foreigner. But uh, yes, sir. But uh, we've got a our catcher uh, Pablo Lanzarote is uh, is actually from Venezuela, so he's the uh, he's the only other you know foreign born athlete that we have there. Have you been back? Just out of curiosity, have you ever been back to uh, Russia? No, sir. Um, actually, speaking of which, I would I would love to go back after college. Um, what I'm wanting to do is uh, get my bachelor's in uh, in marketing and sales, and then get a minor in Russian, if possible. That way, I could learn the language fluently and, and be able to right. go back. And uh, you know, I mean, with international trade the way it is, I could possibly get into that industry and right. uh, you know do some sales over there and see whatever comes my way. But I would absolutely love to go back. You know, if tensions aren't too high between the U.S. and in Russia at the time, uh, but sure. to answer your question, nah, no, that never, never happened. happened. No, yeah. no, never no. happened. The Cold, War, the Cold War was was imaginary. It was a myth. It was all a myth. Yeah, absolutely. So, what what year are you at Heinz now? You you finished? I, I, yes, sir. I just finished my freshman year, and so I'll be going into my sophomore year. So, how frustrating was that that you would lose your freshman year of baseball? It had to be really frustrating. It it was. I was actually uh, I was actually redshirting. Um, through the remainder of or from the beginning of the season and I was going to get a redshirt year um, my fastball velocity dropped off a good bit from high school and so they were just you know we had a lot of great pitchers on the team and uh, coach Temple basically sat me down one day and said you know I want to make sure that you're 100 percent and you got all your tools working and everything before we throw you in a game um, and so I was going to redshirt so I didn't actually play but you know for the mm-hmm. guys that did Right. I mean, it's 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 tragic, you know. I mean, I've got all my buddies. I'm, I'm phenomenal friends. We're a huge family on the team. Uh, you know, it's 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 a tragedy. So, so you have two years of eligibility, with, yeah. right? You can go back and play two more years at Heinz. Yes, I could if I wanted to. Yes, sir. Now, I actually was supposed to graduate in 2018, and I had a stomach injury um, when I went to West Jones and then moved to Northeast Jones, and I sat out for a year, um, and so I got granted that year of extra eligibility. So. If all goes according to plan, if I sign to go play at a university or something, I could potentially uh, play until I'm 24 years he, old. He's like Walker Powell, like same, right. like same right. height, same stuff. He and and same story. He's he's the aged veteran that so, looks like he's young. Last question, Patrick. You do want to confirm Northeast would be a superior school to West Jones? Am I correct about that? I would, actually. Yes, sir. I would. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Takes all kinds. There you go. Glad to have you on the show, Patrick. Thanks for coming. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure. Patrick Little, everybody. Kelly Sanders next. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a rainy Friday. Appreciate Patrick Little for joining us as he finishes up his freshman year for the Heinz baseball program. Always great to see uh, local products go on and play college sports. Appreciate Patrick's 
time joining us. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Slade White and the great crew over there cooking up uh, eight ninety five lunch every single day, and uh, we're all waiting anxiously for it to be reopened so that we can go in there and look at the Casey Fisher 1987 NIT poster. 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of some of the greatest uh, memorabilia in Southern Miss history and serving great food all the time. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander joins us now. And a Kelly, big article out from uh, Patrick McGee today at the Bluxy Sun-Herald. He mentioned it yesterday when he was on with us. But a possible realignment and possible consolidation between Conference USA and the Sun Belt. And really, this this shouldn't be any surprise, not necessarily with these two conferences, but just that that the that the smaller conferences are going to have to figure out something to do. I mean, there's more news today, and I guess Bowling Green within the past half hour has announced it's dropping baseball. Uh, the Mid-American Conference has announced now for the next four years they are eliminating their postseason softball and baseball tournaments as a way to uh, save money. Some of these other conferences are going to limit the number of teams that can participate in, the, in their own conference postseason basketball and baseball tournament as a way of cutting down on travel expenses, saving money. So we've talked about, you know, we've talked, not that we're trendsetters here on the Eagle Hour, but we've talked about how much sense that would make from a geographic location. And if indeed this is, if indeed this is going on behind the scenes, the, the plan would essentially put all teams from both leagues, the Sun Belt and Conference USA, would essentially combine and then they would shuffle the deck geographically is to make one 12-team Western Division and one 12-team Eastern Division. So the only team from Alabama that would be in the West would be South Al. Troy and UAB would be placed in the East with other Conference USA foes like Marshall and Old Dominion. Um, you know, and then the, the Florida schools, you know, FIU, FAU, but they'd also be put in there with Georgia State, Georgia Southern, to name a few. In the West, again, South Al would be the only team from Alabama in the West. Southern Miss would be in there with a lot of the Louisiana schools, Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Lafayette. You'd also put Arkansas State in that division from the Sun Belt. And then the Texas schools, including U, uh, including UTSA, Rice, North Texas, and UTEP. So that's kind of an overview of, of the way it would look, um, where teams could, could drive their athletes you know, to and from these places rather than uh, loading up on airline expenses and hotel, you know, fees and things that uh, it'd just be a lot cheaper. That's it's kind of it in a nutshell. And is it happening, though? That's what's, that's what's interesting. Is our talks risked in this way? You'd certainly think that from a cost-cutting measure, all the conferences have to do something. Don't you still need to get those El Pasos and San Antonio schools uh, moved somewhere else because you still have you know traveling from Mobile and Hattiesburg if this were to ever take place from Ruston Louisiana to El Paso Texas to play girls volleyball I mean how practical is that Kelly uh, well but it's it's only the one it's only school because you take UTEP out of the west All right, then as far the, the farthest west you'd have to go is Denton Texas and from Hattiesburg that's what, seven hours maybe? So Eight what hours? happens to UTEP? 
I haven't well, read, I, I haven't know, read but, the article, so I don't, I don't well, know. Well, UTEP, UTEP is is being included in this plan, but but and your point is valid, Bob. But at least at least it wouldn't be UTEP all the way to Roanoke, Virginia. Well, yeah, you're right about that. You yeah, know, or yeah. Norfolk, Virginia. You know, Huntington, West Virginia. See, and, and and part of it too is what we had talked about here was basically taking the best from Conference USA and the best from the Sun Belt because I would rather play Troy in football than than play UTEP. You know. I would uh, I would rather play UAB every year, um, you know, than right now at least Rice, you know. So, but all it takes is for one chancellor, or one college president, or one athletic director who knows they're about to get left behind even more to pitch a fit. So, it seems like this realignment where everybody's in the same boat uh, together uh, would seem like more practical, and everybody would be more willing to take that approach than to create a better conference out of the two right now. Well, to your point, though, Luke, uh, there there would be supposedly in this realignment a provision to take care of that in this sense. It would cut down on the number of conference games that you would play and allow you to play, quote-unquote, payday games, you know, to still play the teams from the SEC that are right near those $2 million checks. Uh, and if you wanted to play Troy, you know, you could do that. So, again, it would give you, it would give you some flexibility in your non-conference schedule. But when it came to your conference schedule, you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be paying an arm and a leg to get your athletes to and fro. So I think it's got a lot of promise. I hope that that this thing seriously gets legs underneath it, because it just is common sense uh, and has been, you know, for a couple of years. And now this uh, this environment that we're in now, it is forcing schools. And I'm not talking just the smaller schools, even the bigger schools. We've documented it on this show about how a lot of the Power 5 schools are having to cut millions out of their budgets. So it's going to be a whole new landscape once the dust finally settles. Oh, I just think it'd be so great to uh, to get some rivalry going with Louisiana Lafayette, South Alabama, uh, Louisiana Monroe, for that matter. Don't you, Kelly? I mean, I just think those just – I just think those are natural rivalries that uh, that could, could develop. And, look, let's just be honest about it. We can still enjoy our athletics uh, here in South Mississippi, but you know, but but the day of uh, of thinking that you're going to stay on the same level with the Floridas and LSU's and Alabamas of the college football, we're just not realistic anymore. The money's just too different. And and here's what's interesting too, Bob. We're getting word that that if this comes to fruition, that if if uh, officials from Conference USA and the Sun Belt are serious about this that there is word that southeastern Louisiana is saying, look, if you guys are going to do this, we'd like to be considered. Right. We'd like to, you know, we'd like to be considered to come in from the Southland. And Tulane has said that that might be something that would interest them. Is that Tulane or Tulane? <laughs> well, Mr. Cox says Tulane, but would you love uh, would you love to see would you love to see Tulane back back in, in in connection with Southern Miss in every sport, it was one of the great baseball rivalries at one time. You know, Tulane Southern Miss baseball was fantastic to watch. And, uh, and I think I think I would be safe in speaking for all Southern Miss uh, fans when I said we'll even play all the home games down there. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Probably well, would probably wouldn't be a big argument there, would there, Kelly? <laughs> they did Southern Miss bless their heart. Sometimes they get bigger crowds at Tulane than uh, than Tulane. But at M.M. Roberts Stadium, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Well, where where do we think this is? I mean, is this 
Is this just a, an idea being floated by Patrick, do you, or do you think and, – and look, we were aware of this coming, but Patrick had not finished the article, and in fairness to Patrick, he works for the Biloxi Sun-Herald, so right. these things have to appear there first. But do you think this is just Patrick floating this idea, guys, or do you think there's some substance to this possibility? Luke, what do you think? You know, we talked to we talked to Mr. McLean earlier in this week. Obviously, he's got a uh, he wouldn't you can't tip your hand like that. I, I think it I think it's probably been tossed around as ideas, but I don't think there's anything definite in the works. I just think there's got to be a whole lot more articles like Patrick has written in pressure. Um, you would think though, the, just the way people are, and I'm not speaking about Jeremy like this. I'm speaking about just across the board. You would think that people's first choice would be continue as it is. And usually the way things go is, uh, generally speaking, you, you find out either you can do that or you can't. So I don't, obviously this will not happen this year. It probably will not happen in the next three years. But you will know pretty quick in December, uh, or maybe even earlier than that, whether or not this is going to be something. Because I, I think that when it catches a little traction, then the roof is going to blow off. It's going to be an all-in. You, you look at what the Group 5 did in a normal economy, what the Group of 5 did uh, in, uh, you know, when people, when there wasn't massive unemployment, when, when it was just normal life, and you see they struggled. So I think even right now, some on some schools, we don't even understand how bad it's going to be for them come fall. And so that's why an opportunity like this will catch real traction when it first starts to be discussed on a, uh, on a, uh, official level. And Luke, I want to, I want to just, uh, bat the ball back a little bit in, in disagreement. I think if, I think whatever happens is going to have, have to happen pretty soon just from a financial standpoint. They don't have four years. You know, when, I don't think they don't, you know, they, they I mean, don't, I, I, but I, but I do think that they will be forced to finally concede that they can't do it. That they can't put it together? No, that they can't. No, that they can't continue it. on. Right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, because like I said, with the financial landscape it is now, the schools already cutting these these budgets like they are, and some teams cutting sports. Something's got to give. That's right. Well, there is sports this weekend. We'll touch a little bit on NASCAR and also some kind of disturbing news, I think, from the National Football League regarding two players. Going to ask Kelly his observation about that. Eagle Hour will continue, the three of us, right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment of the week brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online, Toyota of Hattiesburg or toyotahattiesburg.com. First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, thanks for joining uh, Bob and I. Kelly John Center continues to join us on the phone. Yeah, crazy story, Bob, on uh, ESPN last night, uh, two Young NFL players uh, arrested for lots of robbery. And you wonder, I was reading uh, last night about this, you know, they they supposedly stole an $18,000 Rolex, $20,000 worth of cash. I'm like, dude, that's what you make in the first quarter. Like, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, Quentin Dunbar, one of the two guys, a former Redskin, had recently been traded to the Seattle Seahawks for a fifth-round draft pick. That draft pick looks really good right now. Uh, but Kelly Sander, how, how do you figure two young men that uh, reach the pinnacle of their athletic careers, uh, other kid, and I forget his name, I'm sorry about that, uh, plays plays for the New York Giants. Uh, these young men, you know, work so hard to get in the National Football League, making a lot of money in the NFL. What in the world were they thinking? I, I don't know, Bob. And, you know, I, I, it's so hard to speculate um, because I, I've not walked a mile in their shoes. I don't know what the family life was like. I don't know what it was like growing up. I don't know what pressure they're under, you know, from people around them. I just yeah. – it, it sure makes you scratch your head, but um, I – I don't know. It's sad, too. I mean, you know, it really is sad because they they go from, from you know, being a professional athlete, I guess, to going to prison. You know, if they're convicted of this, it's a, it's a terrible thing. Also from the NFL, Kelly's uh, second favorite team, of course, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. A little problem there in, uh, in Steeler land, Kelly? Yeah, Mike Tomlin, the head football coach there of the Steelers, is uh, being accused by James Harrison, who was a longtime member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Harrison claims that uh, when he put a, a hit out on uh, the Cleveland receiver Masquai and knocked him out of the ball game, that uh, that the coach came up to him after the game and just slipped him some cash. Never really said what it was for, but there was just kind of that uh, wink between them that um, that he was being paid for services rendered, we'll just put it that way, you know, out there on the field. And Tomlin is not not saying anything about it. I mean, mm-hmm. not not denying it, not saying it did happen. Um, so if that's the case, then you got another uh, another organization, you know, paying players to hurt other players. But but there is some there is was some clarification earlier today because the the, the comments you're making uh, that you're stating he made yesterday. He uh, he sent out a uh, an Instagram post today. He said, "Wow, this is Harrison. Wow, y'all really comparing what I said to Bounty Gate? Mike T has never paid me for hurting someone or trying to hurt someone or put a bounty on anybody. If you knew the full story of what happened back then, you would know that it was a, a bad fine for a legal play that wasn't even penalized during the game. So he's he's retreating some today. But I mean, Kelly, how much of that goes on? Well, you know, from my years in the league." <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, in case you don't know, Kelly was a punt returner. No, I, 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 I'm just a casual fan, you know. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a rough game. You know, there's a chance you could get hurt by big, strong dudes who run really fast and sometimes get mad. <laughs> you know? Um, so, and, and the thing with, with Brett certainly was well-documented, and we were – hypersensitive to that because he's a Southern Miss guy and he lives in our area and he's just, you know, he's a good dude. But, uh, look, man, it's, it's a rough business. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta know that. Just last in. year, Kelly, the Patriot cornerbacks were kind of chastised for, what was it? Where they were bullying the receivers for the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, our, our, our young coach was saying, yes, the Bengal receivers were being bullied. 
That's still hard yeah. to believe, isn't it? And the NFL, the way it is now, you may survive the fight, and Miles Jack's going to pull his helmet off and swing it at your head. You know, so it's, yeah. just, it's, a, it's a rough, it's a rough day on the street out there in the NFL. Well, the, for the Bengals, the Bengals are the only team that have that have a safe zone for their players. It's called the entire sideline. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I just Maybe. can't. I can't imagine a Pittsburgh Steeler being brutal in a game. Can you, Kelly Sander? That's just no, that, that no. Doesn't seem and, right. And of course, <laughs> once once Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, was being picked on because of his comments, they were they were being bullied. He said he didn't mean it in that in that <laughs> sense. Um, he just meant they were being roughed up. You know, but, uh, imagine that. I just yeah, hard to believe. Again, yeah, I mean, it's professional football, for heaven's sake. It yeah. doesn't get any more professional than the New England Patriots. I mean, you better get ready <laughs> well, to play, you know? The Bengals, the Bengals were number one overall this year for a reason. They sure got bullied a lot last year. <laughs> they did, did they? You know you're in trouble when, you know, when the, the quarterback goes up to the center and he leans over to the center and says, why haven't you called me? You know? It's, it, this is not going to be a very tough team. You know? Not a very tough team. But maybe maybe things will uh, change. Maybe. I'm glad you it's know. Friday, guys, aren't y'all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, the MHSAA still says Where's that the music? high school is going back to practice June 1st, guys. Well, we can hope so. Uh, real quickly, yeah. I had a guy tell me he thought it was 50-50. You know this guy, too. 50-50 high school football this fall. You think that's uh, that accurate, Kelly? I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I just don't think it's going to happen. You just don't, don't remain optimistic, do you? And again, I hope I'm wrong. Right. All right. We've got a bunch of good guests lined up next week. Kelly's got us a great guest from California lined up uh, Tuesday. Uh, we look forward to a, another week of the Eagle Hour, and we thank you for tuning in this week. Until we talk again Monday at 1 o'clock, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top. To the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.